Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity, and relationships on Sin Nation. Hey guys, welcome to the Naughty Rude Show. It's another Did you week. Say the Naughty Rude Show. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> welcome to the Naughty Rude Show. Ugh, well, my name's Danny. I don't know. Maybe I just say D's too much. Or something. <laughs> Loves um, the D. Uh, <laughs> And that's uh, what we're here for, yes. and the V, and all the other things that day yes. could be. <laughs> oh my God! I know I'm great. Peter the poet. That's it. Beautiful. That's good. So, um, as you may be aware, if you're familiar with our voices, it is Katie, Danny, and Peter back for another show of the Naughty Rude Show. We'll yeah. only be here another week after this week, yeah, so cry. the season's wrapping up. Um, it's been a jolly good time. It has. It has been entertaining as heck. It has. And educational. Very mm, extremely. Yeah. And we're going to educate even more this evening. We've got a few cool little things coming up. Even an interview with a reality dating star mm. who's, who's actually yet to be on the airs, but when she is, she'll be famous. And you heard it here first. Lisa Robinson. We'll be yes, calling her at about 8.30. Um, we want to talk reality TV and dating mm. uh, because it's just it's what everyone's doing these days. It's the new Tinder, I it's, would say. <laughs> it's honestly the... Australia's got a real fascination with it as well because, like, from yeah. the early days of, like, Farmer Wants a Wife to, mm. like, now you've got the real intense fascination with, like, Love Island yes. mm. and all that. And I haven't watched any of it, so I'm curious to see what I shall learn. Can't wait to give you the DL. Yes. I'm just a reality TV fiend. Um, we're also going to be talking about, I guess, the infamous and notorious idea of summer bods. Um, the I bikini board, the summer board. The board. <laughs> Whether it's worth it. Get beach body ready. And what it does to us. Yeah. Um, which is a really interesting one, hence the season. And we're even going to have a chat a little bit about the sanitation of social media, which is very interesting in lieu mm-hmm. of some recent events um, mm-hmm. and, I guess, things being shut off the airways and the interwebs. Yes. Yes. It's like, how do we get our filth? How do we, get, How do we spread do we go the, filth to find the filth on social media? Well, and what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what is the future of Naughty Root? <laughs> and um, actually, one of the platforms that was most targeted by that was Tumblr. And yep. funny enough, here at the Naughty Root Show, um, you can ask us anonymous questions yeah, yeah. through Tumblr. <laughs> Lovely segue there, Danny. Good one, um, Danny. Beautiful. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> High five. Um, so that link is, if I can find it, is the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. To be honest, I never know which one's forward slash, which one's backslash. But um, is that forward slash? I can forward slash. Yeah, that's forward, forward slash. If it's like looking like it's doing a Michael Jackson leaning forward, then that's a forward slash. If it's True. like doing a bit where you're like, I'm trying to avoid a pamphlet and like leaning backwards <laughs> from someone, then that's the backslash. <laughs> that's a really good way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> that's excellent. If you guys do have any questions about identity, relationships and sex and you don't necessarily want us to know who you are, which is fine, all the questions that go through Tumblr can be anonymous. You don't even have to have a Tumblr account. So if you just mm-hmm. click on that particular URL, it'll take you straight there into Although a little message back. we do have people who are very bold and will just put themselves bold, out there. Feel free. We respect plus. boldness here. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. 
<laughs> we were talking so much today, like just going through everything that's coming. We're going to talk how to be a good wanker, and mm-hmm. by that we mean masturbator, not the Rudy Tooty Mooney Meanie Babini. We don't, <laughs> don't mean, mean we don't mean the cravat wearing snob. We mean no. how to how to get your rocks off without compromising your integrity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's true. And we're also um, going to chat sex work and finding the perfect rebound, and I think. That's all we got for tonight. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty packed program. program. Like we'll get we'll get into it. So I think we should probably start off with a good song. Yeah. And how's that going to go? I reckon <laughs> I we've got plenty know. of good songs. Uh, Peter's been, I think, hella dominant in the playlist this evening. Because <laughs> when I am, it's going to be lit. Like it's just going to be lit, obviously. <laughs> what have we got first? Okay, I'll tell you what we've got yeah. first. First up, my children, it is You've Been Talking About Me Baby by Big Brother and the Holding Company and Oldie, but a goodie. And you know what? It's lit. <laughs> you guys are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. You're here with Peter, Danny and Katie. And that was Big Brother and the Holding Company with You've Been Talking About Me Baby, and I hope some people's ears are burning because it's probably relevant. You are <laughs> tuned into Sin Nation's The Naughty Rude Show. You're with Peter, Danny, and Katie. And we're going to introduce ourselves if you have just tuned in, if you haven't heard our voices before either. My name is Peter, and I'm 21 years old. I'm single, and I don't know, I'm a bit of a loose bitch. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, probably like serial data, never been held down in a relationship longer than like four months. If you don't include my year nine fling for six months, which is literally the longest relationship I've ever had in my life. Does six months count as a fling though? Can you stop? (laughs) (laughs) We didn't even sleep together. I was still virgin. Sorry. Did you hold hands? Yeah, we actually did. I gave him a blowjob. Wow. One time. One time. Hated it. (laughs) This one time. And that's me. (laughs) Um, I'm Danny. I'm 22, bi, pan, queer, whatever. It's a queer. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a queer mush. Queer mush. mush. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is gender? Who knows at this stage? <laughs> but yeah, hi, I'm Katie. Miss Chopper, if you're nasty. <laughs> wow. No, um, pansexual, 23, really tired and hyped up on a lot of coffee. So prepare for things to get even weirder than they normally do. So. To start off, Danny Boy is yeah. going to be leading us into this segment, which is... The notorious uh, summer BOD. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, talking about, you know, sort of the pressure that kind of exists and kind of builds up around this time of year. Mm. Um, I think before we begin this segment as well, might just mention that we might be broaching some sensitive topics. So if you are feeling a bit um, maybe vulnerable tonight, maybe tune out for the, the next sort of five to ten minutes or if you still want to tune in just be aware that there is help available mm-hmm. um, you can contact um, Beyond Blue on 1300 46 and Lifeline on 13 11 14 uh, the National Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence Counselling Service is 1-800-RESPECT and also before we begin this uh, segment I also wanted a bit of a disclaimer as sort of a guy I believe that my experience um is probably quite easier than a lot of people. My sort of, um, I guess, you know, body image and things like that probably um, hasn't been under as much scrutiny as some other people. So uh, I just want to 
make that sort of known just so I don't sort of come across as too preachy oh, or anything oh. like that. Look at you. Never. Like, we, we stand a self-aware boy. We do it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the reason I want to talk about this, because if you tuned in on our first week with uh, Peter and Felicity, um, I did mention how previously I sort of have struggled with uh, disordered eating and some body image issue, issues. Um, and I thought, why not have a chat about tonight? Because I feel like at the moment I'm in quite a good place and I sort of wanted to share some positive vibes and uh, make sure that people sort of go into summer feeling good and confident and happy in themselves because mm-hmm. that's what we're all here to do, to have a good time and enjoy the sunshine over the next few mm-hmm. months. Um, yeah, so like obviously we're not professionals, so yeah. <laughs> take what we say with a grain of salt. I don't even know if we're professional in anything, to be honest. <laughs> it's just certainly not prof- professional. I have a degree, okay? <laughs> in <was> advertising. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not medical or mental health professionals, so you know, if you are struggling, make sure you like consult people and make sure to reach out to your support networks. And but if you do just want to have a chat and see, I guess, how we can help with the situation that we possibly could have experienced something very similar to what you're going through or have been through. Mm-hmm. So do chuck us an anonymous question over at the Tumblr inbox. And that, again, if you need it, is the Naughty Rude Show at, no, it's not, the Naughty Rude Show <laughs> Tumblr, uh, dot com. Slash forward, forward slash the forward slash mm-hmm. ask. Gee whiz. I'm sorry. It's a hard it's hard thing to get trying, around. Yeah, trying to like <laughs> saying a website is still one of the weirdest Even concepts when you're of, it in like, front of you. <laughs> dig- the digital age. You're like we're on air, we're on we're on the internet, and we're also telling you we're which everywhere. website to go. Wherever Colin Pine does. Yeah. Um. So I might just like start off with some sort of tips that I've kind of come up with recently um one major thing that i've really noticed is cooking for yourself can be a really sort of positive you know experience um for me it's quite stressful because i'm just shit cook (laughs) and and it just takes me forever um like even like yesterday so i cooked some i'm vegetarian i cooked some chili i saw that instagram yeah yeah documentation is important isn't it as well because you're like if you can be like look i made this and people are like yeah well done you made that and you're like yes yes but oh my god it took me probably like 20 minutes just to cut up like three red onions and I was bawling my eyes by the time it happened. (laughs) Anyway, I think cooking is a great way to sort of, especially if you've had a bit of a troublesome relationship with food in the past Mm -hmm. because if you get to put the effort into preparing it, then it's sort of quite a reward when you get to actually sit down and eat the food. Especially, I quite enjoy cooking with friends as well. Yeah. Um, and because eating out is quite expensive, especially in a city like <laughs> Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And if you're oh, a student or... Oh, honey, I hate to break it to you about Perth. <laughs> Holy God. Oh, really? It is like at least 25% more expensive going oh, out yeah. to in Perth. So like when I come to Melbourne, I'm like, I can get this for under $100? God damn, this is cheap. <laughs> and then it's like, people are like, what the hell are you? doing. I'm like, yeah. Explosion. Um, But yeah, I've been cooking a fair bit over the summer. Do you guys cook that much? I live out of home and I've learned how to, I learn how to cook at holes, but I also got, I am a food snob, which Mm -hmm. is annoying because (laughs) like, because my parents all, but were like, are good home cooks and they would actually make, like they would cook every night. Like, or we would very rarely have takeout sort of deal. Um, I probably have been a bit crap with my cooking recently because like I struggle with not so much the disordered eating but like with like around anxiety and stuff I get 
and like self-worth issues and stuff like that yeah. when it comes to food it can be quite difficult and like the cooking for yourself is sometimes really can be really really positive but you have to like train yourself into that mindset because for me sometimes i'll literally go like a couple of days without eating just because i'm like well you didn't do anything today so you don't deserve to eat <laughs> so like that's a really not helpful thing to no. think about yeah and so you have to kind of like and also because i was like but i would put like three hours of cooking into or like a couple hours of cooking into if i was cooking communal food yep. for like my housemate and or sitting down with people i put yeah. in a lot of effort and i have a high standard of cooking so i'm like it's and i would be like it's a cop out if i just like make a cheese toasty because i feel like crap and i just need to eat something i'm like no nah, you just don't eat and i'm like that's not helpful so like sometimes finding simple things that get you some get some nutrition into you and just make you feel good that's also really helpful because like sometimes you do not have the amount of fucks to give to sit down and like do three hours worth of prep yep. and cook and just it's just not going to happen so it's like sometimes you just need a 20 minute dish mm. that you can just chuck together yeah and then go take a nap and try again tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> no but i totally agree with that i feel like it's um when you're starting to learn how to cook it's good to sort of establish some uh staples or some mm. basics mm-hmm. especially if you do still live at home or if you have sort of older people in your life who are quite accomplished cooks mm. you know try and cook with them and learn um mm. a few things and i learned so much through observation like mm. watching my parents because like i didn't realize that i'd learned until i moved away and i was watching other people trying to cook and i was like what are you doing because <laughs> i just like there's certain things i took for granted like i like how to chop an onion and the fact that you have to yeah. put an onion as a base in pasta sauce mm. yeah for most yeah. things there was a few people i knew i was just like dude do you have an onion they're like no and i was like you need one it's like here have this onion <laughs> this here's right. how you chop it here's some garlic okay you need to do it for this ma-. and like there was like and that was actually kind of nice like living on holes with a lot of people who are trying to figure out what the heck is how to cook and how to feed mm. the, for yourself. I feel like when there's a culture and family or within a friendship group about like love for food, then it just makes it so much easier for you to make that time for yourself, to cook mm. for yourself, to treat yourself like you would treat guests if you had a dinner party because you're just as special as that. And like you should enjoy every single mouthful. It shouldn't just be something to do because you need it for nutrients or yeah. it's like socially acceptable just to have a meal and not three bowls of food. Mm-hmm. Like, being in a European family, food was huge. And, like, if you didn't eat your food, there was an onus on what the hell is wrong with you. Like, yeah. I just can't imagine if anyone in my family had eating disorders, like, how full-on it would be for them. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, a sign of disrespect if you don't eat food and yeah. if you're not enjoying it. Like, the fact that I'm a vegetarian is literally, I like, yes. Yeah. It's, like... My family hates me. <laughs> and when I go to bigger functions or gatherings, like, they're so, so snide at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this is just my dietary requirement. I'm not asking you to make me a specific meal. Like, mm-hmm. I can just pick and choose. But it's as if I wasn't there, I wasn't enjoying. So if there was someone who just didn't necessarily want to eat, I can just imagine the kind of scrutiny they would experience from my family in particular. Mm. Like, when people have come over to my house, my parents literally feed them. Like, we'll spoon feed them if they see that there's not, inf- like, food on the plate. They'll, um, just be, they'll, they'll be like, yeah. here's, like, you need to eat my more. My dad, like, it's a rude, rude thing to do unless you're Greek, but he would literally put food in your plate for you. And, yeah. like, if anyone did that to 
any normal person that you don't have a relation with. It's like, you're like the heck mate, did you just back do? Up. But at the same time, if I eat too much, like that is a standard oh, oh. with my family. Yeah. It's like, oh, another one, like another plate of food. It's a, it's like it's a an much, impossible balance to find. Like, and that's because it's not just with like European cultures. That's like I've had my boyfriends make. Like my boyfriend's mates who are girls, like, they come from Asian backgrounds and stuff like that. They're like, you have to find this impossible balance yeah. between you're too fat, now you're too thin. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, quite difficult to, like, find that balance. It's like, And it's also partly because that's how their language of love is criticism. Mm. To be like, you got to to keep you kind of humble, but also to keep you grounded. And yeah, also, yeah. but it's like, there are toxic aspects to it when yeah. it comes to body image and it, when it comes to like you said before Danny like eating and depending on what you look like depends on how people perceive what you're eating my older yes. cousin who's a male could mm-hmm. eat triple what I ate and it would be obviously like celebrated mm-hmm. and then if I ate the same amount it was criticised yeah. Mm. so yeah also gender that, plays a big part yeah. in it also if you're a fat chick like you can if you eat like a lot of if you're seen to be eating a lot of fast food and stuff because that's what you enjoy it so mm-hmm. people are like oh gross that's why you're a fat person. yeah if you're a skinny person it's like oh my god you eat so much you're so cute it's like a weird thing yeah, yeah. it's a weird thing that like it's must been have a fast metabolism it's been I'm like so fetishized jealous. in a bit like yeah. in rom-cons it's like yeah I like a girl that can eat or it's like but, but if, she's tiny but she's tiny I'm yes like, yeah how does how 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 what and it's like because, like, eating a lot in my family was just kind of what you did because we mm. just ate a lot. Like You enjoyed food. I like food. and yeah. then But that kind of became a problem when it's, like, because my dad's midlife crisis was <laughs> getting fit and healthy. <laughs> oh, no, Dad. So, like, he, got, he lost a lot of weight and become healthy and, like, did a lot of exercise and stuff like that. And then it becomes, like, I can do it. Why can't you do it? Mm. And, like, that's not what it was. But, like, when you're a teenager... And you've already got, like, body image issues happening inside your own head and you're, Mm. like, at school. And I went to school with a lot... Like, I went to an art school and I went to school with ballet dancers Mm. and soccer players and, like, really athletic people. That was not... (laughs) Or, like, I was, but not in a feminine way. Mm. I was, like, I was into AFL, I was into rugby and that sort of deal. Yeah. So it's interesting, depending on your gender and how you are perceived it can really t- make an impact on why you eat what you eat and what you eat and mm. like can really influence like outside influences can really kind of hurt how you feel about your own self yeah and it's trying to find ways to like not internalize that mm. yeah um i think probably just to wrap it up you know over the summer make sure you're enjoying yourself mm-hmm. try to take care of yourself Eat because that's what our bodies need. Yes. Make sure you enjoy it. And it's the Christmas period, so you know, we indulge a little bit Cook over Christmas. Away. And like yeah. and everyone's talking about how you're gonna gain five kilos at Christmas breakfast, dinner and lunch. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Go for Just it. Just do it. Go for it. Thick is so in. Thick should have <laughs> always been in. A bit of fluff because you're happy and healthy and are enjoying your life is nothing. Like that's if you're long as you're happy and feeling good in yourself, who gives a crap? There's so much power in self confidence. Oh so yes. Oh, yeah. Don't be scared of it. Mm. Don't be afraid mm. to take up space because yeah. what else is there? Like if there's you're more human. of you, there's more of you to love. <laughs> Peter. Got you. Get out. <laughs> Ooh yeah. 
Um, right now, we've got a very, very special guest, um, a young woman by the name of Miss Lisa Robinson. Hey, Lisa, how are you? I'm so good. How are you, my darling? I'm fantastic, thank you. And um, we've got Lisa on the show today because uh, you were recently a contestant on Blind Date. How was I that? Was. I was. Can you believe it? Like, I still can't believe it. You're a like, superstar. And so that episode hasn't aired yet, has it? Is that being expected to air this coming week? It is. It's going to air on Wednesday night, so make sure you tune in and watch me be a make a fool of myself on national television. That's major. And how long ago was the shooting for the show? The shooting was in July, so oh, it took a lot, like it was a pretty quick turnaround. But it's just that I'm on episode nine out of ten, yeah. so yeah. my episodes just take it an extraordinarily long time to air. That's really really cool. We um want to talk about dating and TV dating in particular today because the new Bachelor has been announced. Not sure if you've heard, Lisa, but it's going to be old mate Scott Tweedy. <laughs> Do you, I love him. Are you about that? Like, would you apply? Have you applied? Yes, I love him. Absolutely. I mean, I'm pretty gay, but like, <laughs> um, if I was to go back to sitting on some D, it would definitely be in my contenders list for sure. Amaze. I am so not about him. I don't know. But um, yeah. really, so I keep time. seeing him on. I keep I seeing him on the project, it. like interviewing people, mm-hmm. and me and Mum are always like, "Who is that?" And then I'm like, "Oh," and then I see him on social media. I'm like, "Oh, the team that's got." Old mate prank patrol. What's his name? I'm going to chuck him in Google right now because I don't know who it is. Scott who? Is it Tweedy or Tweedle? Tweedle. Tweedy? Tweedy. Scott Tweedy. He's lucky he's so good looking. Otherwise, he would have got so No, I'm not about it. He's not even that No, I'm not about it. Pushing on from him. um, It's really interesting now to see, I think, how accessible it is to become a part of a dating program. I think because there's so much demand for it and there are so many different types of shows for it. So already in the last year, we've had several seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. We've had Love Island. And now we have Blind Date. And we've even got that one, Are You The One? No? Is that what's the one with old man? Oh God, take me out! Take me out! Yeah, that's the one. Are you yeah, the yeah, one? Yeah. Is the Asian one? Yeah, that yeah, yeah but it's like pretty person. much based yeah. on the Asian one, kind of. It's, like, yeah, it's a Chinese show, and it is yeah. brutal. It's it is <laughs> hugely so brutal, insane. and it's actually one of the few dating shows I've watched. So it's <laughs> Katie's it's like secret pleasure. I'm like, no, I just like, oh damn. And the women choose, and that's what makes it so hectic. Because I'm just like, no. Nah. It's like your friends tell, say you're, you're crap. Why would I want to? I'm like, all right. And um, Lisa, this episode of Blind Date that you were on, it was kind of a sort of a special edition because it featured all queer contestants, didn't it? Yes, bitch. So basically, I was one of the lucky, lucky ladies that was chosen for what I've been told um, from producers is the first ever uh, lesbian dating episode in Australia yeah. at a mini show. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say that's a fair call because I cannot think yeah, of no, any. Yeah. They're, they're literally not no. anywhere on Australian TV. Because like, I say, I was saying gay for a while, but um, then people would be like, oh no, but there was guys on like first dates. And I'm like, oh no, no, like, act, like lesbian specific, like there hasn't oh, been any. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time we're lumped in with like gay boys and just like in the queer spectrum. So it was really mm. nice to be platformed um, in that sense. They did have already an episode with gay boys, which was so fun. Um, <laughs> theirs was the most fun of the season thus far. So we're definitely going to kick their asses. Uh, well, yeah, so Speaking of, I guess, queer dating um, and now it coming into dating on TV, 
I wouldn't say there's much representation currently. Um, and it's really interesting because you host a seasonal on Sin called The Dating Pool, hey. which kind of looks at, the, <laughs> I guess, the different perspectives of dating for people who aren't just your generic and conventional hetero couples. Yeah. So what do you think, Lisa, is going to change in terms of TV dating being more representative? Do you think it will be? Or do you think there's always a certain type of dating that will be on TV? Well, first of all, thank you for the plug. Um, oh, no. My show's great. Thank you very much. Um, but no, I definitely think that there are a lot of people in the industry that are um, like straight allies that are championing for us at the moment. Oh. I know Osher Ginsburg has been a major champion of getting a gay or lesbian um, bachelor. Hundred percent. Um, he's been very vocal about it. It's just a matter of you know putting it to producers and and getting their their approval and stuff like that. I'd say give it in the next two years. Mm. Um, we'll have some sort of thing happening because there's already one um, that Lance Bass hosted in America in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. A gay, it was entirely gay male um, bachelor type situation. It wasn't under the bachelor umbrella, but oh, okay. um, so, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, he did it. Mm-hmm. Nice. And <clears throat> yeah, so I think that um, Australia is a bit of a nanny state, so it might take a while. And to be fair, Sorry. in America, there's only been one. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, watch this space and see what happens. I think, but I have yeah. very high hopes. And even just the um, relationships that I was having with producers while I was on the show, everyone was very supportive. Um, all the all the you know crew are very supportive. It's just right. a matter of getting heads to sign off on it. I think more than anything else. I think there's also one in the UK. It's like dating by um, that's potentially on like entertainment that e show yeah. Yeah. Um, or one of those entertainment shows. And, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. But what I think could be a potential hazard for, I guess, more inclusive dating TV is that it won't be as contrived. Like, these people are probably not your usual generic, I-can-do-what-you-want-me-to-do people. Do you feel like while you were behind the scenes or in that league of making TV that there were, I guess, standards for you to uphold? Did it feel a bit contrived at any point? Not necessarily. I mean, I think the only gripe I had with it was that we were all very femme. Um, But I think that that is... (laughs) But I think that that is... um, We sort of spoke about it amongst um, the the three of us, the contestants, and we were like, you know, um, why, pretty Mm. much. Uh, And it's basically... It's sort of wetting the whistle a little bit. You have to remember that um, in the media, you do have to... You can't just go balls to the wall with this stuff because you won't get ratings. It'll be a waste of money. And at the end of the day, that's all that TV is about, especially commercial TV. Yeah. So I think that um, the slow progression towards it is worth it in the end to see where we're going to end up eventually. Definitely. And because they all want it, all the commercial networks are trying to keep up with the internet at this point anyway. Mm. So it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And Lisa, for any listeners who haven't uh, seen Blind Date before, not familiar with the um, setup, can you maybe explain a bit about how the show works? Oh, totally. So it's a rebranding of Perfect Match from the 80s where they had a little robot computer who was hosting yeah. the show. <laughs> and essentially there's one person who is the chooser standing behind a wall. And then on the other side, there are three contestants and they ask a series of questions and choose who they want to go on a date with based on their answers. So it's really, really fun. It's all very silly. There's nothing serious. Um, you know, no one's going to get married off the show, but it's just, mm-hmm. a, you know, a bit of band. It's great. I had a great time. That's awesome. And what made you actually apply for the show? Oh, my God, my friend just sent me the link, actually, because I've never <laughs> done reality TV before. I used to want to go on Big Brother, like, my whole life. Same. And then by the time I was um, of legal age, it was um, having its last season. Same. 
So that was very disappointing. But my friend sent me a link that she saw on Facebook. One of the producers was scouting online. And she was like, oh, my God, you have to do this. It'll be so funny, blah, blah, blah. All I did was send him a message, and then I was like, oh, and then he responded, and that was it. I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be great. So your application was like one-on-one with the producer rather than the official application process, or did you go through that as well? Yeah, so I didn't go through that. I didn't audition. I didn't do any of that. I literally saw a post on Facebook, hit him up, and then he was like, great, let's have a chat at 5 o'clock today. We chatted on the phone for about an hour, and then um, went from there. He was just very happy with me, and we went from there. I think I was very lucky in that sense as well. I think there's a lot of scouting as well. Like, The Bachelorette Georgia Love was scouting because she was a news anchor in Tasmania at the time. The guy that she ended up with, Lee, was also scouted. There's just so many people who just look pretty that they want to put on TV that just get approached. So it's a really interesting dynamic um, that... Oh, darling, I wasn't scouted for being pretty. I was specifically told after the show that I was scouted for content purposes because I'm fucking hilarious. (laughs) You're the funny one, so you've been labelled. That's great. I guess we have to be quite scared of that um, when you go into an application process that you could potentially be labelled. Does it feel like everyone, like uh, other contestants were as well? Yeah, but that's the premise of the show. Like, that's the whole point of Blind Date. Like, if you don't want to be pigeonholed, don't do it. Um, That's... That's exactly what it is. They need everyone to... Because you're only on, like... So I'm... The show goes for an hour. Yeah. And we're on for half an hour, and then the other half an hour is um, the 80-year-olds doing their date. So it's very quick, very punchy. People have to know you, recognise you, relate to you in a very small amount of time. You yeah. have to be a so flashcard character. You know, mm. yeah. it's not The Bachelor. It's not any of that where you've got seasons to, you know, get to know these characters. It's 20 minutes, yeah. and you're out. So I was more than happy to sell myself. <laughs> Noise. Are you uh, going to be doing a viewing party of your episode? Of course. Oh my god, my mum's so excited. She came with me to Sydney to film it and everything. Oh. She's um, hosting a, like a little champagne swing thing, so it's going to be great. That's that is so adorable. fun. What I think would be interesting to see as well is after you air, how your life might change a little bit. Like, understandably. Blind Date's not hugely, I guess, as popular as other dating shows like The Bachelor. But um, it would be funny to see how you fare dating after being on TV, if the people you are dating have seen you on TV. Um, Is that a concept that you've thought about? Oh, absolutely. But if you're dating me, baby, you need to know that I am absolutely shameless and that's part of, like, me. Like, Blind Date is tick number one. I can't wait for two or three or four or five. Love. Best of luck with it. Hopefully you rack up the followers on Instagram as well. Um, oh, my God. Can you imagine? That's All the goal. Of, I okay, think if any lesbian babes are listening to this, please follow me, especially if you play footy. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lisa, for being a part of today's show. It's very interesting. Um, just to finally wrap it up, do you think that TV dating is the new Tinder? Absolutely. Mm. Why not? Give it a crack. I mean, I may or may not have found the love of my life. Um, oh find out. But um, yeah, give it a crack, mate. Do it in front of a national audience. <laughs> it's not love unless it's public. Yeah, true. Exactly. Oh my it's god, what is, what is a relationship it's unless it's um, hashtag this one? That's you right. Know? Mm-hmm. That's so, so, so true. Thank you heaps, Lisa, for the chat. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having legend. me. Can't wait to watch it. What date is it air? Uh, Wednesday. Cool, Wednesday. Here's a bit of a plug. Like, whatever, it's a network and we ain't, but Lisa's going to be on it, so represents him. Um, <laughs> and if you don't have yes. enough of Lisa on Wednesday, you can catch her seasonal on Sunday afternoon. It'll be the season finale, I believe. Yes.
yes. yes, yes, yes. So 5 to 6 p.m. on Sin Nation. Uh, yep. This coming Sunday. And you're actually going to be st- uh, talking with someone you were on the show with, aren't you? No, so that was today. Oh, that was today. Next week is going to be um, myself. I'm interviewing myself. Oh, my, my best friend's interviewing me. So, oh, um, so you good. know, just keeping it all in the shameless um, self-love, you know, Amazing. promotion here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, the name of that show is The Dating Pool, so mm-hmm. please do hit it up. Um, you're on Insta and Facebook at The Dating Pool. That's correct? Yep. Perfect. Um, thank you so, so much for talking with us, Lisa. This has been awesome. Um, have a really Thanks good for night. We have been talking about summer bods. We just had an excellent interview with the lovely Lisa, who was featured on Blind Date. Yeah. And now we're getting into Tumblr time. We're going to answer some of your questions because they're great. And we're here to help. And like we said before, we are not professionals, but we'll give it a red hot crack. Oh, we will. But we have opinions and plenty of them. But also, to give it a red hot crack, we actually need more than just one question, don't we, guys? Mm -hmm. We need a few more. That's right. If you guys do want to submit a question, deposit in the deposit. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you were with us last week, you'll understand. <laughs> so if you do want to hit up our Tumblr question, I guess, mailbox, you can anonymously submit a message. You don't have to have a Tumblr account at thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Just give it a little Google. Give it a little hello, hello, how you going? Yeah. <laughs> and give us your truths. Ask us anything that's on your mind, sex, identity, relationship related. We're here to help. But I do want to go to one, um, which is quite interesting because this kind of like – has, I guess, semi-affected both of our lives, Danny, because we've both got friends who have been through something like yes. this mm. just recently. So this is really interesting. Uh, Anonymous has said, is it okay for a virgin to lie to a partner about saying that they've had sex before out of fear that the truth will put them off, even if they're certain it will put them off? Hmm. I believe that if you know this person will be put off from the truth of your sexual past then they're not a great person. Yes. And also it's like not a great person to make your sexual debut with. Like that's just like kick the idea of virginity out of the way. Because even though like virginity doesn't have to be this beautiful thing necessarily, but it is the first time and you remember it. You Mm -hmm. guaranteed will remember every single detail of that experience for the rest (laughs) of your life because that's just the way it is. So I guess if you want to have a longer-term relationship with this person, then the honesty would probably have to come out at some stage. Mm-hmm. If mm. it was a one-night stand, like, good for you, you can just, like, let it go. But if you do want to get to know this person, I think it's a part of being honest and open and that's a part of good sex as well. Yeah, because mm. it's, like, the fact that you're, like, is it okay to lie means that you probably know the person first because, like, if it's a one-night mm. stand, you don't owe them anything. No. So it's, like they're generally not going to ask if you're going for a one-night stand sort of deal. Yeah. But I think it's also, like, just, yeah, like you said, if you're having your sexual debut, if you're, like, getting, like, into that stage, you want to be able to at least be upfront, surely, with the person that you're going to be taking on that that kind of... Mm. Taking that journey with. And I think if you're not sort of ready to be honest with yourself and quite, you know, self-confident, you're maybe not ready to be having sex... Potentially. At least not for that person. Yeah, <laughs> and and like the the end of the question as well. Even if you're certain it will put them off, I think that also goes to show that a lot of people expect sex to always be perfect. Mm. Mm. Um, because 
just because even if you weren't a virgin, you might still have really bad sex. <laughs> yeah. Hate to break it to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I think it's difficult because people have this idea that, oh, you want your first time to be beautiful or perfect or you want it to, or you kind of want to get, get it out of the way sometimes. Mm. So it's like, I want to just get this over with because it's annoying me and people are like making a big deal out of it. And I don't think that's the right attitude. But then also people, like the high, the attitude that people have when they're like, oh, I don't want to de-virginize someone. And it's like, it's not about you. <laughs> Calm down. It's like, yeah. it's not that deep, like, for a lot of people. It's really not. In a way, though, you will be etched in that person's mind forever. So it it is kind of a big deal as someone who unknowingly took someone's virginity and they told me literally, like, as I was sitting on top of them, like, by the way, I'm a virgin – it was a bit that's, terrifying that's a because lot. I'm like, well, you're going to remember me forever and I don't even know if I like want to see you again and now I feel like a bad person. No, but that's such a good point because although in our world being sort of virgin is, a, I guess, we characterise it as being as a vulnerable kind of mm. thing to be, but when you're having sex with someone, you need to be communicating. Um, just because you're a virgin, you still have as much responsibility as someone mm-hmm. who's sexually experienced. You have to be honest with your partner and communicate. Yeah. And so for Peter, like you said, that put you in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And just because maybe you were more sexually experienced, that doesn't mean you're not like worthy of being fully informed no, before yeah, having sex. Yeah. Like As my preference because of that experience, now I generally prefer people to not be virgins but it's not to say that I will never have sex with a virgin it's just like I think I'm at an age now where I don't necessarily want to be the one that someone remembers forever (laughs) I think unless that person's like the person I end up with I don't really it kind of grosses me out how I'd be like put in the wank bank forever (laughs) (laughs) if it makes you feel any better I'll Nah, that's not how mine goes. At that's all. good. That's good. I literally don't know the dude's face. Could not tell oh, you the day after. Yeah. It was like it doesn't matter because you like. Sounds awful, but it's like we were like for me like dehymination for the battle because it's like I had my I had my cute virginity story with like my girlfriend. It was chill. Mm. But, like, when it comes to, like, I was just like, I want to get this over and done with. I'm going to jump on a dick that's willing and that'll be fine. And <laughs> I love that's, it. it's like, and that's okay as long as you're both clear. And, like, I told him. He didn't believe me and then was shocked. But um, <laughs> that's his bad because, and that's the thing. Though, and so people are like, oh, that's a bit callous. And I'm like, well, I don't care. I think you <laughs> also. My sexuality, you um, can do what you want with it. Need a lot of support for your first time. Um, so honesty really helps just especially as a girl it's fucking painful so why would you want to sit there with your mouth clenched when something's hurting you and not be able to say to that person it's not you it's me because that person if they see you in pain they very well might Mm -hmm. think that they're doing something horribly wrong and you don't want to put someone in that position either Um, so I can see that perspective as well I also think that it's kind of like this idea that because you, you shouldn't really be in pain the for even if you like if you have a oh, vulva, when vagina, you lose your virginity like it shouldn't be but it shouldn't be that painful like if you because that's the thing you can if you do it proper like no oh, i disagree like as good yeah. as the sex was when i had lost my virginity it was painful um probably could have used lube but how many people yeah. who were like under the age of I 18, guess that's the really. thing though it's like that's what it's like you want more education around it yeah. so it's like if you are like worried about like you losing your virginity or whatever and you're not sure and you want it to be good do your research yep 
Google it. Mm. We live in the digital age of information. Get into it. Like there are plenty of resources you can look at. Like proper way you can like also sex toys exist. Yes, you do not yeah. have to be. You do not have to charge like someone else mm. with like dehyminating you, That's so to true. speak. You can take Prep. take charge of your <laughs> own, take charge of your own sexual destiny. Like get on to sex toys, explore your body, figure out what makes you feel good, and see if you need lube or not. And that way, it doesn't have to be awkward because you already know what's good for your body. Yeah, that's right. So you can tell the other person, and therefore, it's not going to be an awkward, awful experience. I think in this yeah. case, um, if you feel comfortable not talking about it, and you're prepared to endure whatever you'll feel when you do lose your virginity. That's fair. But and the consequences person, of the yes, other person's feelings. Exactly. But if you want this person to be maybe around you for a little longer, it's probably worth having a chat about it. Before yeah. or after, I guess, but the truth will inevitably need to come out, I would say, mm-hmm. from my experience at least. It kind of always does, yeah. generally. It'll always, like, you can't really, like, lies have a really bad habit of unraveling because yeah. yeah. you have to keep lying. And it's easier, I reckon, like for especially if it's like you said, a long term relationship, just stick with honesty. Yeah. Worst thing, they're like, oh, I don't want to do this yet, or I don't want to be that person for you, or we need to work up to it. Mm. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Hopefully, that's helped you out, listener. Thank you very much for the question. <laughs> we got We've got this. a couple more coming in, but I think we're going to chuck it over to a song just to kind of break it up. We're going to, I guess, put our thinking caps on and get ready <laughs> to answer this next one uh, because it is really, really cool. Mm. So, if you guys do want to submit any more questions, please do hit up the Tumblr. Like I said, you don't have to have a Tumblr account, it's just an anonymous question mailbox. That is the naughty rude show.tumblr.com forward slash ask. And of yeah. course, if any of the things that we talk about today do make you feel a bit uncomfortable and you do need, I guess, expert advice, we are not necessarily here for that. But you can check out Lifeline at 13 11 14. I don't know why I didn't just say 14. Uh, Kids Helpline <laughs> is 1800 55 1800. National Sexual Assault, Family and Domestic Violence Counseling is a 24 hour line that's at 1800 Respect. This is Naughty Rude on Sin Nation. We just answered a Tumblr question before and mm-hmm. those questions have been coming on through. So yes. we'll be answering some more of those a little bit later. Um, if you do want to hit us up, it is anonymous. You can do so by following the link thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. We've even had some fan... Uh, how do you put it? Like fans fan reaching mail. out? Yeah, fan <laughs> mail, fan mail through the old Insta. Shout out to young um, Thomas Main, who's Thanks, from Tommy. Sin. Tommy boy. <laughs> Thanks for... Um, I don't know, hyping the show for Thanks us. Thanks for the support. Yeah, um, it means we, we couldn't do it without you. Honestly. Never met you, but love you. <laughs> <laughs> Katie. Thank you for the support, mate. Um, yeah, we're going to, speaking of Tumblr, we'll be talking about the current changes that are happening to sanitize social media across Tumblr and Facebook. Is this censorship, Katie? Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> My heart. In a word, yeah. Um, and it's difficult because I'm on the thing like I'm against censorship but I'm also like trigger warnings and community guidelines should exist for like fully informed consent Mm because you know people need to manage their like lives and be if they've got issues they need to be able to have the ability to manage them without like having things just slap them in the face for no apparent reason Mm. so I think it's important with to like recognize that with that said the straights are at it again and I'm really (laughs) mad Cause, and it's also just kind of ridiculous because Tumblr, as anyone who probably 
listens to this show knows is like was that kind of safe haven for young people to explore sexuality, to explore queerness, to explore sex in general? There was a lot of really, like, obviously there was a lot of pornographic content on there, but it was mostly, like, GIFs or writing or artwork. And erotica, erotica art has been a thing forever. Like, as soon as, like, humans could draw stick figures, they were drawing stick figures fucking other stick figures i'm sorry it was a thing we love it like and that's the thing it's like you've got it's like a storied history and then tumblr kind of really amped that up with um kind of digital art forms and like photography and stuff so it was like this really kind of interesting place some of it like with anything people are weird and toxic about it but there was also a lot of helpful information on there Mm. and it was a real place where people kind of expanded their horizons Now, Tumblr has decided it's going to clean up its act and it's getting rid of adult content, I think, from the 17th of December or 17th of January. Yeah, no, I I think of December. Which is not long. So that's next week. Yeah. Next week, you will no longer be able to put photos, videos and GIFs of GIFs of human genitalia, female presenting nipples. Oh, boy. And any media involving sex acts, including illustrations. So that means no, like, erotic art of any kind. Which is messed up because there is so much beautiful erotic art. Like, mm-hmm. I know especially through an Instagram, I follow this particular artist who is, I think, Danish. Um, I can't remember her name, Soz. Mm-hmm. But she pretty much does watercolours um, of sex acts. So it's not just, like, here's a nipple, here's a penis. It's, mm-hmm. like, the love in a photograph of two people having sex. Yeah, it's about intimacy. It's about beauty and appreciation of people and their bodies because that's the thing. That was what I found really good about Tumblr, that there was a lot of people who would be like, this is beautiful and it Mm. wouldn't be what was considered like the standard aesthetic beauty. What I just don't understand is that if you don't like that content, can't you choose with your own autonomy not to look at that particular That's the issue I have with censorship. Because there's also safe search on Tumblr already. That's mm. the yeah, thing. There exactly. was safe search. There was like new, not safe for work. Yes. tags. that was the whole thing. It was set up in a way that you could very easily avoid explicit graphic or content you just didn't want to see. You could easily put in tags where you're like, nope, nope, nope. That's not no bueno. Just mm. not for me. And they've decided to just sanitize it because they're trying to quote unquote clean up their image. And it's but for who? Yeah, but I think like, Tumblr is such a creative powerhouse mm-hmm. for expression, mm-hmm. and I think it was pretty much everyone's introduction into social media in a way and it's still as popular today as it once was maybe not so much with an older generation Mm. but for younger people they're I guess getting to learn about identity and expressionism and getting to know themselves through other people's perspectives like the whole fact that you could ask questions anonymously like that was new that was different that was like being able to communicate openly and honestly without being scared and terrified so now what's going to happen is like those questions won't be asked anymore and people won't be be listening and there won't be asked to people who actually have knowledge because yeah one of the things we're going to talk about later is, I think, like, um, we're going to be talking about how to be a good wanker and <laughs> yeah. talking about access to pornography and access to kink and stuff. And Tumblr was actually, I know this sounds terrible because you're going to the internet to ask dirty questions, but it was actually had a really good community of people who were very pro-education about sexuality, about identity. So that included, like... I, there was one of the best, um, de, um, de, like it was a cartoon of 
explaining demisexuality and grey sexuality, cool. which is like people who are like on the ace kind of aromantic scale. And there was another one which was like how to start doing rope bondage with and how to do it safely. And it was like little they would have little pictorials on how to do it. And it was people who knew what they were talking about and were pro-education. And so when I see stuff like this where it's like we're going to be censoring female nipples only, we're going to be censoring anything about sex unless it's like written, and we're going to be like kind of washing and like getting rid of all aspects that are considered perverse or dirty about humanity. But guess what? People are still going to find them and they're going to find them in less controlled areas and they're going to look for them and they're not always going to be as like organized or as sense, not even censored, but as sensible as exactly Tumblr. because the content that you'll generally find that hasn't been affected by, <laughs> I guess, these kinds of standards is generally unethical and like not the safest, I guess, perspective to have. So it's really, really disheartening, and I'm like super upset about this. I just think that Tumblr had a really good backbone for themselves to be those early educators and yeah that's Mm -hmm. like a big thing to take on as a company that probably didn't intend to do so but like it's 2018 it's almost 2019 why Mm -hmm. are you blurring nipples and that's the thing it's just sending us further and further back i don't get it at all because what's the difference between graphic detailed written work and prose and a picture of genitals that we all have. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, and that's thing, more familiar to me. Especially if it's than not a in a sexual page. context either. Yeah, because yeah. they have said that nudity will be permitted if, as long as it's not sexual. So that means like classical sculptures, which also Boo. are creepy and anatomically incorrect. Yes, ate me because there were yeah. Michelangelo was a gay man who didn't like looking at women, so he would just tape oranges to male models, so he didn't have to deal with the puss. Wow, interesting. <laughs> That's why they're so anatomically incorrect. That's yeah. why the boobs are just a little spheres. I get mad about this. Anyway, not as the As you should, Katie, as <laughs> yes, you should. Not the point. <laughs> so, like, things like breastfeeding and, like, birth photos and stuff like that, they're still allowed. However, there have been instances, like on Instagram, where the community guidelines aren't enforced that well. They're very, very, very subjectively enforced. And we can also see that in Facebook, which is also changing its community guidelines. So you can't mention sexual positions or preferences. What? You can't mention, you can't um, be seen to be asking for sex or like asking Wait, for sex like online. Messaging? No, oh. on posts. On posts. But- on posts. So it's like you can't mention your sexuality really, but and I think that's meant to be sexual preference. But you know, because you know from their history that they are going to be subjective as heck about it. Yeah. Because plenty of stuff that should get scrubbed from Facebook lingers on. What the hell is wrong with talking about sex? Like, why? We need to talk more about sex. What's going on? What is going on? I'm over it. (laughs) Because... Kind of, I think it's like the Celestic Band effect. Like sometimes what happens is, and you can see it in different parts of the world anyway, you have um, like this kind of expansion effect where you go like to a certain degree with progression yeah. and then you snap back because people oh, no, react, so they're scared. And so they get, <laughs> and so they end up regressing. And that's mm. why you have like in, like you've got this, we've got the aggressive politics in the States, you've got the regressive politics in Australia to a degree, mm. you've definitely got the regressive politics in Europe and UK. And that's because people are like, you're pushing us too hard and it's so scary. Porn. 
is bad and sex is bad and you will get pregnant and you will die. I and just don't like, understand the onus on it, sex right now when we should be talking more about politics. Like That's the whole point, though. You want They want us to get distracted and mad about something else mm. yeah. so that we're not paying attention because that's, that's actually a tactic that people use they'll like the government has done this several times in Australia where they'll pick a news day where there's a big story to break and then they'll drop like a legislation in that they don't want people to know about mm. they've done that several times over the years they did that oh. with the um, Pan Pacific thing the the thing the thing a few years ago where people were like it was the capital I'm sorry. Completely, <laughs> it's the it's the um, Trans Pacific Partnership. There we go. And where it was basically this deal that let corporations get away with a lot of stuff without actually consulting the people. No one knew about it. It just kind of flew in under the radar because they would announce it on days where mm. there was a big news story. Yeah. yeah. But and that's why this is so scary as well because I know from a lot of I didn't really grow up with Tumblr a lot, but I know that a lot of my queer friends for them, like we said before, Tumblr is a very safe space mm. and it was big for them exploring their sexuality mm. and thing. And then you see this sort of stuff and it feels like as queer people we have sort of no power to stop it. it we kind of see just a safe space for us just being taken away and we're not exactly sure what we can do to stop. It's this kind of, like, this regression, but then it's like this kind of slow process of erasure that's happening as well because it's like you've got things in the US where people are like, oh, you can't, you can no longer be in the military if you're trans, you can Mm. do, like, there's all these things that people are trying to erase people, like the whole, like, oh, when Trump was like, we're going to change the definition of sex to your genitals and science was like, no, that doesn't work. (laughs) can't do that that's not literally scientifically incorrect but they're like no we need to be able to erase people and that's reflected like social structures are reflected obviously in um social media so obviously this is something that's made us all very um disheartened and i would even say angry i'm angry Mm, yeah what can we do like who do we talk to where can we push our message of discontent over this I would, don't contact your state representative because they probably don't know what Tumblr is. Um, I guess honestly, would it be just the creation of new spaces? I don't know. That's like, the thing. That's what's happened. That's why, like, um, that's kind of what happens. That's why things like Reddit were created. That's mm. because they were created by people who were had dissatisfied with certain aspects of more major um, social media networks and that's also why like what's the one that Gamergate spawned from AO3 I don't know I don't know (laughs) it's another one but it's basically it's similar to Reddit but even less guidelines yeah so unfortunately there can be again people are it's a tool people can use it for good for bad for toxic for good whatever but it means that people do create new things however unfortunately because we're entering a state like going forward there is not going to be net neutrality mm-hmm. there isn't going to be the ease of access to certain things and a lot of corporations usually own several like so you'll have like maybe three companies will own like all yeah, of the well, social media Facebook types owns instagram yeah. so is this and also affecting instagram yeah <gasps> my heart is broken yeah like, i am angry and that's the thing, like, Instagram's already come under fire plenty of times, and, yeah. But, like, although it is very frustrating, like, look at us right now. We're broadcasting live across Australia on radio. You can't touch us. Yeah, yeah. We're being, like, well, Katie yeah. and I, you know, being loud and queer. Peter's a- being a fantastic ally. Yes. You know, we're just, a we're doing our thing. sex-positive being, that is Peter, just, yeah. like, lighting up the life. Thanks. 
<laughs> it's great. And so, like, that's the thing. You kind of have to fight for it. And we know that we will because we've got nothing else to do. Because, like, what? <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can pry our social media from our cold, dead hands. We're not doing this. But we'll doing make this. something else because we mm-hmm. are that generation. Mm-hmm. This we'll has make been it work. <laughs> very frustrating, but also enlightening. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if, if any of this has resonated with you, if you're angry, tell us about it. Spread the message, spread the word, keep everyone up to date because I'm sure majority of people don't know this is even happening. Mm. So just stay educated on this topic and watch this space. We are going to head to some Tumblr questions very soon after a song, um, but if you do want to chuck us any questions or even your thoughts on any segments that we've done tonight, you can do so anonymously through the Naughty Rude Show, oh, the Naughty Rude Show.tumblr.com <laughs> forward slash ask. You are hanging with Peter, Danny and Katie and we've been talking Tumblr and we've been talking all sorts of things. We're talking about sanitation of social media and we've also been talking about the summer board. Summer board. Summer board. And just gay shit as just, well. Just, just queer shit. <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got to get into it, man. you got to. And so we're going to continue with some Tumblr questions because you guys responded. We asked. Thank you, you delivered. Listeners. Thanks, guys. You delivered it Give us more. straight <sighs> to our box. Yes. The so... This is a bit of a long one. So, oh, and that was Echo Vandal, by the way, if you were <laughs> listening before. This is a question put to us anonymously, and it starts out, it's quite a long one, so you're, you're in for a ride. I'm trying to get over all these things, so I'm writing a book. This book makes me happy and sad, and I think it's getting me through lots of things, but I think it's slowly taking over my life and absorbing everything and becoming detrimental. The main premise of the book is about accepting myself and getting over this one guy, and I can't. Am I being delusional? Also, I bought hair dye today so I can have some temporary support. Sorry for this being so long. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, babe. It's oh, okay. I'm apologize. loving the hair dye just to Love begin it. with. It will probably kill some of the brain cells. I have peroxide in my hair. I feel a little bit lightheaded after every <laughs> bleach. Um, so it's great. It's going to do wonders for her if she wants it's, to forget. What is that? There is, I think I saw a post recently. It's like, if you're going through an emotional crisis, put down the hair scissors and the box of dye. But I disagree with that wholeheartedly. If you're going through a change of time in your life, may as well. It's like new year, new you, new look. Get I into did some it. oracle yeah. cards the other night and like my future that card was, was about transformation. That went so, in a different direction. I just heard oral and was like, what? Yeah. No, <laughs> oracle. Guys, come on. I mean, this is a naughty rude show. Okay, I want to unpack this. Yeah. I have to say, firstly... Well done for writing out your problems. I mean, it's something really difficult. You have to be very confrontational with yourself and your feelings when you do so. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a public book or if it's just going to be for yourself, but I think first and foremost, do write everything for yourself. Don't have anyone else in mind. Like, don't think that this is going to be the love letter that you get the person back with. Just do it for yourself. Get out all of the feelings. Um just write down how shit they are and it'll make you feel really, really good. I've done that before. I've had, like, guys dump me via text message and, like, they didn't even mean Ugh. anything to me, but I would just, like, go on a crazy rant writing, like, a mini article slash essay. And, then, and it made me feel so much better. Yeah. And, right, and also, like, if you're handwriting it, that means you can set it on fire. Like, safely oh, so putting it in a sand bin. Like, don't be, just we're not, print it. Just, like, print it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, get word art involved yes. and, like... 
<laughs> just print it off so you can just like shred it. Just like have it print off and then go straight into a shredder. Um, but I think this is awesome because I haven't written in a long while, but when I was younger, I wrote quite a lot and I definitely found it to be quite cathartic and even therapeutic. Mm. So props to you for writing a book. And I think if you sound like a creative person, obviously, and I think, um, you know, life has its ups and, ups and downs. And you were saying that it, you think it may be becoming detrimental at the moment. But I feel like it sounds like that will be mainly temporary. Because if you still feel like this is helping you, I feel like still keep going for it. Yeah. But if you're worried about it, then maybe just like if you find that it's literally occupying your every yeah. thought of every day, mm. maybe like set yourself like, OK, this is my time where I sit and I write this. Because I found that like I don't really write that much. Like I do a bit, but mainly I do drawing. So like if I'm like finding that I'm getting too obsessive over something or I'm getting too anxious about it, but OK, I have to designate some time to this. And then also designate time to the other things in my life. It's yeah. always about balance. And I think the mm. whole purpose of having creative outlet is to juxtapose everything else that's going on. So if mm. this is your sole priority, it's probably best not to maintain that. It's important to keep living your life so that you can get over this. If you're constantly thinking about it, then it could very well become detrimental. You're not delusional, um, but I guess if you're constantly thinking about it, then it's having a huge impact on what you're doing um, and how you're thinking and responding to the feelings that you're putting to paper. Mm. So I guess to have a more positive outlook, it could be best to break it up. And even on the more artistic side of things as well, if you find that you're becoming quite, um, I don't know if this is a word, but perfectionistic, is that a word? Sure. Yeah. About writing it and you know crafting this story, what I have found in the past is to kind of do sort of a more of a splurge of yeah. creativity mm-hmm. and you might never use what you wrote ever again mm. but doing that for one it's going to sort of be a bit of a character development but it might also you know spur on ideas for a, a piece you write later on down mm-hmm. the track or this story might be something that you don't look you might finish writing it I don't know by the end of next week you might not look at it for maybe like five years and then you come yeah. back to it as a writer and it might it inspire might spark, yeah it yeah. might spark something new and I think when it comes to like if you're using this to try if the whole premise is you getting over this person and you feel like you can't try not to make sure that you're not pushing yourself to write something that you're not ready to write yet because if you're trying to push your like because this at the end of the day like this is a bit of a grieving process Mm. like you can't force yourself to feel things that you're not ready to feel yet and if you're like i need to write this book and i really want this Mm. to come out and be cathartic and be over with if you're forcing it you're going to start obsessing over it because you're not ready yet sometimes you just got to feel the feelings and sometimes that takes a while and Mm. this may not be the book to get you over that person like when you've said that this book is helping you accept yourself that should be your priority for now I think getting over a person who's had a big impact on your life sometimes is out of your control. You can't forge that. So it just might need time. So if you just make it your first priority to have a bit more self-love and Mm self-acceptance, then do that with the book. Again, just don't make it your living. And also don't make the book the only the sole channel for the yeah. self-love. Like, you know, take some selfies, look in the mirror, you know, the person you're getting over, they can't be that interesting. Like, you, you must be pretty cool too. So, yes. like, look at, I don't know, maybe write a list of things you love about yourself. Mm. and Take that hair dye 
and yes. put on a banging playlist. Get yourself some awesome food that makes you feel good. Yum. Have a dance about in your pajamas and get your hair done and just have fun. Like get into your like get into yourself. Yeah, get, get your into head it. out of the book and get your head out of this guy and get into yourself and get happy. Because there's no, like, you can't force yourself to write something you're not ready to write. You can't force yourself to get over things. Mm. And you can't force yourself to, like, f- like Peter said, forge an emotion that ain't there. Mm. Yeah. So just... And even if you are ready, you're just having a dance might be a nice break from yes. writing. Have yes. a dance, do have some dance, writing. Have a boogie. Like, get your... Because that's the thing. If your body's not feeling good, how's your brain going to feel good? How yeah. are you going to get those creative mm. muscles working if your actual body's like... Meh. Yeah, it's summer. Get out, enjoy the sun. Mm-hmm. And it'll help the creativity. The juices mm-hmm. will start flowing. Yeah. The Naughty Rude Show.tumblr.com forward slash ask is where you can ask us all of your identity, sex, relationship-related content and questions. We are here to help we do have another question uh this one is what do you do when your boy gets whiskey dick give up or continue well okay is whiskey dick does it mean he just can't You've get been it up drinking yeah and, and he can't get it, it up flop yeah big, big flop it flop it flop it flop <laughs> um well you don't have to have a penis involved to have sex no <gasps> Shocking. <laughs> I would never have guessed. As long as they're not too blind that they're just like slobbering all over the place and literally falling oh. off like, the bed. Like, you know, consent. And let them Porton. give you consent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are so many other things to do. I would say don't give up unless the person's really uncomfortable um, and feels a little bit humiliated, embarrassed. Mm. You need to like try and pump them up in other departments. Like, I don't know, <laughs> you could get them to... To touch you and, like, enjoy you for a second. Mm -hmm. If your dick is not uh, floppy and if your vagina is still going strong and if any other bits of your bod want to get involved, your bum, you can do that too, your Mm -hmm. ear. You can just start (laughs) slapping each other. If that's what you're into. (laughs) You can use an ice cube and do a little bit of the run down the chest thing where it's, like, tempting, but... Wow, like I have no control right now. I also now. feel wow. like that probably wouldn't help a floppy dick, though, because I feel like it would just the like recede. Cold. Yeah, you know. And be like, oh no. Um, it's like, chocolate, I was. Honey. Yeah. Uh, just mm, a steaming spa and bath. Mm-hmm. So many sensual things. Just like, I think like, don't give up or continue. It's like, well, if. The bod- if like the body's not willing, but the mind is, mm. get creative. Nah, also, just right. be like, Boy, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and you can even have a break. Yeah. Hop yeah. back to it later. Mm. That usually works for me um, when I've had this situation of whiskey dick. Like, it's so unfortunate. The person will always get really, really embarrassed. And that'll it's... make the whiskey dick even worse. Yeah, we yeah. spoke about this last week. It's I was... unnecessary, man. Yeah. Don't but be then if you give them a break and, like, you have a nice chat and they forget about it for a second, it's like, oh, okay. There's other yeah. things to do. Like, yeah. make out for a bit. It's fun. Yeah, it's literally, like, if you just start making out, things. homeboy wakes up. Like, yeah, you but, yeah like, that's what I was saying last it. week. Like, I was taking me a little bit longer, but I didn't freak out. Take we the just, pressure yeah. off. Yeah. Like, don't be like, i got to get hard, got to get hard, got to yeah. get hard. Oh, no, oh, no. And that's not going to... How is that fun for mm-hmm. anyone? Right. No, mm. it's not. Got to learn yeah. to, you know, when obstacles happen, how to... How to overcome. Gra- gracefully. <laughs> overcome with dignity. <laughs> So dignity or dignity? Dignity. dignity. Oh, yeah, I hate don't myself. worry about your dignity. Just <laughs> let it happen. And, you know, if you are the other person in this situation, don't make them feel uncomfortable. Pump them up. 
Don't even like make it a focus. Just yeah. don't get distracted you, by another part of the body or something. Yeah, and if you are the other half of this part and you have a penis as well, maybe it's happened to you. Offer yeah. a bit of support. You yeah, know? just offer some like, support. Yeah. That's right. And like, even if you don't, it's like we've all had times where like, I your brain is like, I am so horny, but your body's just like, mm, yeah, we're thinking about it. <laughs> we're thinking about it, but we're not quite there yet. Not and it's there. like, hurry <sighs> <laughs> uh, Let's get into some chat, shall we? Yeah. I want to talk rebounds. That's that's where I'm at right now because um, I miss the dick. I really do. Um, but I'm obviously not really ready to jump into rellos. Um, and, like, the whole idea of dating is just meeting another person and getting to know them and doing everything from the start. Like, I just can't be bothered. Like, I'm actually sincerely exhausted for now. I know that in the long term I obviously want that. But I want to know how to put together the perfect rebound slash bounce because the more the merrier, like no judgment, I don't mind. So I think there needs to be a bit of strategy behind it. I firstly want to understand what the difference is between dating after a breakup and a rebound because sometimes they blur and it can be a huge problem. People can start yeah. dating and then they're like, oh, wait, no, I just missed companionship, but I actually don't like you. Yeah, yeah I think that's where rebounds become dangerous is when it yeah. becomes dating because to me a rebound should just be like a one-night stand Fairly or quick. a fling. Mm. Um, and once it becomes, you know, I feel like a rebound, it needs to be that you don't, you still view the person that you're rebounding off or however you say it. Mm. You don't view them as like a, this kind of sounds bad, but as a full person. Do you know what I mean? I don't agree like, with that necessarily. I think, but yeah, it's like you don't want to have that emotional connection. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think so it's, it's like, only like you've yeah. given half of yourself to them. I think you have to think yeah. about it that way. Like I wouldn't give yeah. them my all and I wouldn't expect you them wouldn't to put give emotional, everything like, to energy into that. You don't want to have to put emotional or romantic energy into this mm. person because that's unfair for both of you online because feelings are going to get hurt because that's not what you're ready for because like if you're emotionally exhausted after a breakup you're like but you're just like want to have some fun and go over with kind of like get out there again I think it's like like we talked about earlier in the show I think it's like honesty is also sometimes mm. the best yep. honesty like honestly I've had people who are like they've gone out after a breakup been like hey on tinder it's like I'm not looking for a relationship and coming mm. from a girl that can be actually quite sexy in a way it's quite mm. empowering it's like look I'm just here for a good time, not a long time with you. And if you're up for that, cool. If you're not, move along. I also yeah. get scared of my self-control. So I think mm-hmm. what I need to do to remedy that is to potentially have multiple people on the go at once, which I've heard works easier to limit that emotional pull. Yeah, because you're not putting amount. Because it's like you're it's limiting like putting, your time with yeah, them. Because not think, putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. yeah, and it's also that thing where it's like the more time you spend with a person, the more likely you are to make an emotional connection. Like that's why your friends in high school are so strong, and that's why your relationships, mm. especially with people like who are live together at uni or like who meet, or that you see like three or four times yeah, a week. When you've got yeah. like a specific, like if you build have too much time with person, you're gonna develop an emotional connection. Mm. Sometimes positive, sometimes negative. And with rebounds, if you've got multiple ones, you don't have, you don't physically have the time to yeah. put yeah. that emotional energy in. But it's interesting, just after what you said, Katie, it made me think about a bit about my past. And this wasn't necessarily with um, rebounds, but I don't know if this is just a queer thing. I don't know if it kind of happens <laughs> for the allies or not. But I've had sort of queer guy friends where 
um, we've been able to be friends but still have a sexual relationship. This is really interesting because I think the best place for me to start would be with people I know. I'm a bit bit apprehensive about having to meet someone all over again, get their backstory, like find out whether or not I like attributes of them because I will become picky. But if it's with someone that I know that I I guess am already attracted to or have already had a past fling with, Mm. then that would work so much easier. Um, I, like, was going through my friendship group and list. And, like, there's a couple of people who stand out as being, like, people that I've never necessarily gotten, like, super emotionally involved with but every now and then have, like, hooked up with or, you know, had a cheeky little, like, seven minutes in heaven kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) But it never eventuated and we just don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think that's kind of a healthier way to maybe approach this whole rebound situation Mm. is maybe, you know, um, have a chat with maybe one of your friends and say... I don't know. Oh just my God, be adults. Just, like, would you? Yeah. Down. Would you be just interested? Go out to in coffee it? with him and be like, I have a proposition for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, do you want to be my rebound? Yay or nay? Yeah. Like, shit. That's the thing. It's like if you have a flirtatious relationship, because that's mm. the thing. A lot of people, you can have that. Not real. It's like a platonic relationship because it's not. Ro- it's not a romantic relationship, but you mm. have a flirtatious platonic relationship with yeah. them, and that can sometimes translate to a sexual platonic relationship. And some of these yes. people are just like always single. So the yeah. thing about that is like we're kind of in the same boat. So that I would never be intimidated by them like forgetting about me and my vagina mm-hmm. and like running off to someone else. That's mm-hmm. what I want to have multiple people for, perhaps, so that I can just mm-hmm. have it on tap. Very interesting. I like it. So pretty much what we've learned from today is make it brief in terms of how often you're seeing each other. And if you have any kind of like friendship that would not be complicated by any sex, there you go. Good place to start before you go into stranger danger. (laughs) Loves it. Loves it. Is that a banana in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? We want to try and shape you into the perfect wanker. The, the wise wanking workshop, as <laughs> yes. I like to put it. Yeah, yes. the wanking workshop, led by the one, the only biggest wanker of all, Danny. <laughs> I want to talk about this because I feel like a lot of a lot of guys, or well, a lot of people with penises, just have a bad relationship with, let's say, masturb- let's be adults, let's say masturbation, oh, fine. and um, and how porn, I guess, weaves itself into that as well. And mm-hmm. during this segment, Katie's also going to bring up ethical porn as well. Hey. Hey. Because um, <laughs> we have established that I am a pervert. <laughs> um, I just, I just, my brain goes in weird circles. I'm like, what is, what, what do, what this, what that? And it ends up in the weird parts of the internet, which so you're welcome for. Because <laughs> it means I can sell my knowledge with you. So what is wrong with wankers today, Danny? I just think it's a very, especially, this is, I'm going off from my male friends and just conversations I've overheard as well. Mm. It's a very sort of point A to point B relationship. Mm. You know, get hard, wank, done. Mm. There's no, uh, I don't know, just no expression, no technique. Like, masturbation is supposed to be something that's not shameful, it's completely natural, and it's something that you can use to explore your sexuality a lot Mm. more, Mm. especially if maybe you're not um, very sexually experienced. It can be a good way to, I guess, prepare for sex as well. And this goes for everyone, people Mm -hmm. with vaginas, people with penises, intersex people as well, everyone. It's just, masturbation is a way of self-expressing. Yeah. Well, it's also the thing, it's like your body 
is made to feel pleasure. So like, and that can come about in all sorts of ways that can come about from eating, that can come about from intellectual stimulation, that can come about from like romantic relationships. And there is nothing and anything wrong about extending that to like self-pleasure in terms of like achieving orgasm. If you can have an orgasm, why wouldn't you? (laughs) And also if you're a guy who's, you know, I don't know, just getting up Pornhub, having a wank, trying to get off as quickly as possible, when you come to have sex, you're most likely going to be disrespecting your partner. Oh, it is so bad. Like, wanking is the preparation for your ability to maintain not only a longer orgasm and longer session, but also a hard dick. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And I learned about this on a couple of like shows like Slut Ever and that lukewarm sex show on Netflix. Um, there are techniques you can use for men while masturbating that'll allow you to have a longer period of maintaining hard on. Mm. Um, and those different techniques, again, like don't get you used to one thing because if you're just constantly just pull, 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 then it's like, oh, only this motion at this pace is going to get me off. Yeah. The, only the feel of your right hand with mm. your specific calluses at that specific pressure <laughs> and that specific thing is going to get you off. And it means that like nothing's going to work. And mm. that's mm. also an issue with, cause there are pe- like, there are issues with pornography, not necessarily like pornography itself, but how people consume it, mm. I think is quite interesting, especially because people argue that, Oh, pornography affects the brain the same way that drugs do. I'm like, that's because <sighs> wow. addiction isn't based necessarily in physical reactions. Mm. Addiction is based on a pattern of behavior because you're not satisfied with your life. Addiction comes about because you seek connection and you don't have it in your average ways. Like people maybe don't have enough like intimacy or they don't have connection to the real world. So they find ways to dull the pain through um, various devices. And that can be drugs, that can be pornography, that can be anything like people, like anything can become an addiction. It can become an obsession. Mm. So I don't, so if you are only your only point of sexual contact and sexual pleasure is through a lot of porn and a lot of masturbation and you have no other point of reference, then that's when it can become damaging mm. rather than like it in self being inherently bad. There are issues with it, which we're going to unpack. But I think to say that if you watch porn, you're a bad person. Mm, no, no, we're not here to do that. We're not going to do that. But that um, relate that. Uh that idea of sort of dependence and uh, unhealthy relationship, it is very important to unpack because especially if you're, I guess, because you hear about guys having like wank routines. Mm. It's like, oh, you know, like I masturbate, I don't know, like uh, like uh, um, when I get home every night or whatever. At 4.33. Uh, yeah. And it's just <laughs> bizarre. Like sex is supposed to flow naturally mm. and I don't know, like, Generally not be contrived or planned out and orchestrated. Yeah, like, I don't know, you might wake up one morning. (laughs) Like, I start to get into a routine as well with masturbating, which is a bit shit. Like, I, for the last probably three to four years, have just used porn to masturbate, which never used to be a thing for me. But I think this over-reliance on I just need to, like, come in, like, three or four minutes... And then I'm sweet. But there's a time and a place for that as well. Sometimes you do need that. But now I'm like, if I'm not really enjoying myself with a partner, I don't really have the 
patience to endure it because I'm so used to that quick fix. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's also a reliance on visual stimulation yeah. because instead of like relying on, because I guess that's the thing you can, if you watch porn, you're not using your brain and you're not mm. actually necessarily responding to your body the same way. Like, I'm yeah. very visual. Like I yeah. like to see people's bodies. Like I like to be close. I like eye contact. If I'm doing like a reverse cowgirl and facing a wall, I don't know what I could possibly be thinking yeah. about. Like that. And then you end that. up going back to your old favorites. Like you can end up going back to like, well, this isn't doing much for me. So I'm just going to go recycle what I remember mm. from the last thing I watched. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, Peter, because there are a lot of partners who use porn when they are having sex. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it's that's a sexual cool. aid. That's fine. Yeah. And that's, I guess, and that's the thing. There isn't anything inherently wrong with pornography and wanting to engage with pornography. It's your reliance on it's, it. Yeah, it's the reliance on it. And it's also the thing that can become addictive about it is the thing with it. If you are using it in a repetitive and, like, I guess, unhealthy manner, what can happen is, is that you can't achieve the same fix. Mm-hmm. And so you end up some, a lot of, like, I've talked to some blokes and I've also talked to some friends and also seen a lot of content online where people are like, I'll end up like getting like fin- while well, orgasm and then I'll look at the screen and feel disgusted because I've ended up going down this hole and not realized really what I'm watching because you're kind of just mm. like, yes, this is what's happening and I'm mm. seeing this, but then it doesn't engage. And afterwards you kind of feel gross and that's not healthy either. You shouldn't feel shameful about your own pleasure. And if you are, then you should maybe examine why that is is mm. it because it you're not feeling good about what you're watching and maybe and why is that that's a very interesting point though because i know for me as a queer person when i was you know first discovered porn especially if i had watched um like queer porn mm-hmm. the shame was even heavier oh. because the internalized yep. homophobia <laughs> but sometimes there with the shame you might have to not you know, um, reprimand yourself, but have a think about it because you might be watching, because I think this goes into what you want to talk about, Katie, mm-hmm. if you're watching maybe very hardcore porn where maybe um, consent was blurred or mm-hmm. the or, ethics of it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, because sometimes if there's, sometimes there's internalised shame about like kink or homosexuality or things that you may be like, I don't feel like I'm normal for liking this. And that is a valid thing and that can happen and there isn't anything inherently wrong with kink as long as it's set up properly as long as there is active consent and that's i think part of what makes it better i think is seeing the consent and that's a kind of going into like how to spot ethical porn and how to find ethical porn is it can be ethical like sex work is a job at the end of the day it's a job like any other job it should be regulated in a way to provide people with a safe work environment. You should be able to go to work and be able to do your job and feel safe. And it has been done and that can be done. And problem is, though, is people don't want to pay for porn because certain things in life, like Australians, we love to illegally stream and download TV shows. And the same kind of attitude applies to pornography. We don't feel like it's something we should have to pay for. And that's kind of, and whenever you undercut a industry, whether it's, doesn't matter if it's porn, like if it's anything, if it's, um, like if you undercut a mechanic, mm. they're going to have to do more work for less pay. And so they're going to cut corners. And they'll, yeah, it'll it's just the same with shitter quality. Exactly. And that's when you have people getting exploited and taking mm-hmm. advantage of because the industry isn't 
being made safe. I think for the there's people a lot of shame it. as well for people to get memberships and to pay a subscription. Because like, there's definitely a stigma. It feels there's like a there stigma is a with stigma. sex work. Like, oh no, you're addicted to porn. Yeah, or you're a pervert. Yeah, or like... but it's like, um, actually, the porn that I'm mm-hmm. consuming is so much more ethical and realistic, or mm-hmm. it suits my needs exactly, and it teaches me a lot about sex. Then you have to think about that. So yeah. be a good wanker. Main point, Danny. Rundown. What are we thinking? Consume ethical porn. Quick um, tip, if you can't see where consent is established, that either means it's been lifted from another site or it wasn't established in the first place, probably not ethical. Don't make yourself feel gross about it. And don't kink shape people, but because if you can see consent, then it's all set up. And good hardcore services, like there's kink sites specifically, you will see throughout the video they will check in with the performers. Like the dom will check in with the sub being like, you're right, or like doing the red like traffic sometimes will say mm. intersection and that'll be like red green yellow stop go pause or like tone it down a bit there yeah. you can visibly see consent and that's fine and there's plenty out there cocky boys is a really good performer run queer one for queer men um brooke candy just made an amazing feature length queer pornographic film which is like got various trans people gender queer people and it's very much for the queer gays and not about like the male gaze, because sometimes that can be get a bit toxic. And fun fact, feminist porn or like ethical porn does not mean vanilla at all. Mm. It means it can be very niche. It can be very like beautiful, can be very intimate, or it can be like very like into BDSM. There yep. is something out there. You just got to find it and you want to make yourself feel good. That's what the whole point of this. I think You're, change yeah. it up, change it up for mm-hmm. sure. Try different things. Don't get stuck in a routine. And remember that, your porn you isn't always going to be you in the bedroom either. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. The Wombats with emoticons there on the Naughty Roots show on Sin Nation. You're here with myself, Danny, Katie and Peter. We're coming towards the end of our show now. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to all of our Tumblr question askers. It's been real. Thanks to all our fans. <laughs> Just want to remind you guys that we only have one more week of the season. It's tragic. It is mm-hmm. trag. So the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask is your only way to get to us for the last ever show yeah. for the year. Do get around it. Do get around it. But for now, we want to end with some filthy faves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got a good one. Yesterday, uh, do you guys know Broadly? Yes. yes. Yeah, so I watched, I don't know if it was recent or if it just came up in my YouTube feed for whatever reason, but Amber Rose sat down with um, an interviewer and talked about um, the slut walk, which happens in America. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, We had one in Melbourne as well. Yeah, actually. we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that actually, after seeing this little interview, it mm-hmm. made me research the Melbourne one and nice. everything, which is very cool. Um, and obviously I was already familiar with the whole thing beforehand but I was just having a chilled afternoon at home yesterday and I watched the video and I don't know just seeing this sex positive thing happening that's embracing you know people of all body types people of all sexual orientations and sexual tastes I guess as well um and I even after I watched this documentary oh interview I guess it was uh, there was another little clip with Amber Rose and she was saying um I don't know, she, I, I feel like, just check it out yourself, but she was just being very sex positive and she was talking about how a lot of people, you know, just assume that she has lots of casual sex and is very, you know, wild in the bedrooms and things and she was saying, no, that's not really the case, but that doesn't mean that I'm not sex positive mm-hmm. and 
I don't know, it was just good stuff. I really respect that because people think that I'm like vanilla because even though I've been with like a fair few partners, I just know what I like and it's just some basic freaking moves. I love me a good missionary. I love me a girl on top. Like that's just me. And yeah, like why do I have to cop criticism or made to feel like I'm not sexually out there mm, if the, I'm not doing anything that's yeah. like considered kinky or 100% yeah. I think that's actually my filthy fave if you guys have just like kickstarted that Thanks. in my brain my half asleep caffeinated brain <laughs> um, I read an article about sex positivity and I can't remember the author of it I'll have to find it later but she was saying how there is a difference between being sex positive in an actually helpful way which means that you any sexuality and like being in charge and happy with how you have sex and and or don't have sex as the case may be being sex positive shouldn't be that oh you're up for anything mm. and especially when it comes to like being like a femme person in like a space where it's like it's women are kind of held to a different standard when it comes to sexuality mm. it's like or if you're up for it if you're a promiscuous person that means that you're you have to be up for everything yeah. and that's yeah. not it at all and even if you are sex positive that doesn't mean you have to be having sex all the time or ever that you and have multiple partners yeah. at once or that you're and there's also like this issue with like kink and um, BDSM kind of circles or not so much BDSM circles but um, like swingers groups and stuff mm-hmm. or like where there's parties for like um, kind of organized orgies to a degree. And sometimes there's a real issue where there'll be venues where you give your consent at the door. Once you're inside, you consent to everything that happens, which I'm like, no bueno, no, 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 no. Mm. And like some people that's fine, but I feel like, because in the article it was like, oh, you can't say no because you're in this venue. And I'm like, nah. Wow. No, 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 no. And that's obviously not all of them. There are some excellent ones and you can find information about that on websites that organize it. You can also, the BDSM and kink community online is actually really great. They have like a kind of unofficial blacklist and if you get involved with the community, they'll look after you. So Mm. yeah, I think that's my filthy fave is sex positive and education. Love it. My filthy fave is Christmas v sex and porn. Um, so next week, you better giddy on up and get ready for it. Strap it's yourself in. So good. We'll be writing a sex scene, a porn script with the theme of Australian Christmas. Radio erotica. Yes, live. It, it's like War of the Worlds, but sex <laughs> and Australian and Christmas. So if you need to get yourself in the mood with your Sheila or your Daz or your Shaz and your Maz and you've got a pav and you want to get a bit of a cream pie with some meringue up your gooch, I got you. That is only a snapshot of the genius that we're going to be hearing next week. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be lit. The filthiest get it up your of gooch. Do not get it in your pussy. That's a yeast infection waiting to happen. I'm sorry, ladies. But hey, and people in general, it's porn. It's, but hey, it's porn. It's not always realistic. Is it? It's the fantasy. Can't say this is ethical porn. I am going to take some creative leniency with it. But if you're keen for that, do check in with us next week for our last show of the season, the Naughty Rude Show, Sin Nation. You can get it on a podcast. It's going to be uploaded to Omni and wherever you get your podcasts from. If you do want to get up to date with anything from today as well, we did. Talk talk a lot about some great things and had a cool little interview as well yes. if you missed out on that please do check out the podcast on cinder.org.au love it so for now ciao ciao and get ready for some Xmas 
Aussie porn. It's going to be week. off chops. Wow. Literally chops. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Naughty Rich Show. Have a good night. See ya.